Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. This is the best college football pick and pod in the land. I'm Thomas Black coming to you from bellyupsports.com. And joining me today is Elton Hayes. He covers Penn State for CNHI. He's with me again here to talk about a huge game between Penn State and the Auburn Tigers. Elton, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dad. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. It has been a while, a couple of years, but uh, we enjoyed it the last time you were here. And if the Penn State Nittany Lions continue to play some good football, maybe we'll have a couple more appearances here on the Blackout as we go throughout the season. It would be a blast. Sounds good. As we uh, get ready to talk about some football, we're going to do that, of course, in this interview. But at the same time, we've got some stuff going on off the field that was very unexpected. You know, I reached out to you last week asking you if you would be open to an interview. Uh, Of course, you accepted. And little did we know that Southern Cal was going to get beat by Stanford over the weekend as a 17-point favorite. Of course, that led to Clay Helton's firing this Monday. So, Elton, as we have gotten this week kick-started, of course there's a big game on Saturday, but there's a lot revolving around this situation as well. And as has been documented for a couple of years now that I've been hearing, James Franklin's name is one of the first ones that comes up anytime the Southern Cal job is mentioned. So, with an opening, what is your feel of the situation and just what kind of a candidate do you think James Franklin is? Do you even think he's open to this possibility going out west in the future? Well, here's the thing, man. Um, I took this beat in 2019, started working on the Penn State beat. And at the end of the season, this was a topic of conversation. Uh, Clay Helton, it seems like he's been hanging on a thread ever since he uh, took the position, like, what, four or five years ago. And uh, James Franklin's name came up in 2019. Uh, Penn State signed him to an extension and kind of quelled those 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 uh, those rumors. But uh, I, this is this is a game changer in terms of kind of stoking those flames again. Um it's, you know, it's known by anyone who follows college sports and definitely USC and Penn State that um, the administration there is really enamored by James Franklin. They uh, like his personality. They like what he's been able to do, um, not just at Penn State, but when he was at Vanderbilt, was able to turn Vanderbilt into a winning program. And, um, you know, here we are again. You know, the timing could not be worse if you're a, you're Franklin and Penn State. You got a top 25 showdown with Auburn a couple of days away. And then, you know, Clay Helton stuff comes out of the blue, kind of throws some distraction and some, some noise there into the system. How do you think the players have handled uh, all the rumors popping up this week as they prep for Auburn? 
Well, you know, uh, we spoke with James Franklin on Tuesday for his weekly press conference. This is one of the first questions that was asked. Uh, he said that he uh, can't stand distractions and noise. He said he was going to meet with his uh, leadership council that day and to discuss everything that's going on, and that's how they'll handle it. Uh, we spoke with Sean Clifford, um, Penn State's quarterback, yesterday. He said that um, they're not really doing it as a distraction. He said Franklin talked to them. Um, they handled it in-house, which, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that they're going to do. And uh, he said their focus was on Auburn right now. So he's saying, he's saying all the right things from the Penn State player's perspective. Um, you know, yeah, this stuff's out there, but they've got a big matchup here this weekend. It is a huge matchup, and let's move to it now. When we look at uh, this offense that Penn State has on the field, of course it was kind of a quiet game against Wisconsin to open up the year. Coming off of that, yeah. they really opened things up this past weekend against Ball State with an experienced quarterback and Sean Clifford, Noah Kane is running back, and a couple of talented receivers in Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. What are you expecting from this Penn State offense against a fairly experienced Auburn defense that's coming up uh, to Penn State this weekend? I think we're going to see a heavy dose of uh, Noah Kane, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, another running back who's really um, kind of emerged in his role as number two right now is Kevon Lee, a sophomore who uh, showed flashes of just a lot of talent last year. He came in last week against Ball State, and I believe he averaged 8.6 or something yards per carry. Uh, just was really good against Ball State. Um, you know, Penn State's running running back core right now is as solid as it, as it gets. Um, you know, I don't think I'm being, uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think I'm being unobjective by saying that it's the deepest um, running back group in the conference with Noah Kane. You got uh, Kevon Lee, a third guy, and Devin Ford, who's a um, a redshirt sophomore who's done really well. Um, I think we're going to see a, a heavy dose of, of running. Um, I, I think Auburn's secondary is talented enough to um, – you, you're not really going to contain Jahan Dotson. You know, that's Penn State's number one receiver right now. You kind of just limit the um, limit the damage that he can do. I, I think um, Auburn's secondary proposes a um, – you know, is, is poses a formidable opponent. So I think we're going to see a lot of, um, of a heavy dose of – of the ground game and running by Penn State's running backs. Now let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. This defense for Penn State, I watched a lot of the Wisconsin game, but I haven't seen much since. I was impressed by some of the athleticism that they bring. A Temple transfer comes over in Arnold Ebikati. Uh You have Jesse yes. Lukita. You have Jaquan Brisker. That's just a few of the names. What is your anticipation of this defense and the talent that it has, maybe some other names that are out there, versus kind of a similar thing to what we mentioned about uh, – Penn State, an experienced Auburn offense, uh, in some yep. spots good and in some spots kind of questionable, but still experienced. Uh, what's your expectation from the defense for Penn State? Here's the thing, man. Uh, Bo Nix seems like he's been at Auburn forever. Uh, you look at his splits. His his home stats are pretty good. His away stats are not that great. Um, I, I think that Auburn offense, you know, it's got some great running backs in Tank Bixby and Jarquez Hunter, but I think it goes through Bo Nix. I think we're going to see like uh, Penn State did with Wisconsin, you know, that front seven really getting through that, um, you know, getting to that that Auburn offensive line uh, and, and pressuring Bo Nix, make him throw the football to beat you, shut down the run. Um, Penn State secondary, you mentioned Jaquan Brisker. He's been um, just really talented. They've got another safety back there in Jair Brown. Uh, in the secondary is as experienced as it's been, I believe, in James Franklin's tenure. You've got um, Joey Porter Jr., who's a great, um, you know, uh, a great sophomore cornerback. You've got three Castro fields, a five-year starter back there at cornerback. Um, I, you know, I, I think Penn's, the keys to uh, Penn State's defense right now runs through that front seven and pressuring uh, Bo Nixon, making him throw the football to get you. 
I agree with you a lot. I think that Penn State is going to focus on shutting down Tank Bigsby. I think that's huge for this game. Whether he has success or not, you know, I think opens up how successful Bo Nix could be on the road. And I think your point about Bo Nix and his success or lack thereof on the road is a huge key to this game. So from my standpoint, a wide out, a huge expectation from this crowd here is in this home game against Auburn. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge, loud environment for the Auburn Tigers to come into. I think that poses problems for Bo Nix. That's kind of where I'm coming from this one. As I'm looking at it, I tend to think, tell me where you think I'm right, where I'm wrong. I don't know. We're kind of looking at this Auburn offense. They've been putting up tremendous numbers in the first couple of weeks, but they haven't played much of anybody. I think this is a much tougher test for them. And I think we, frankly, are looking at kind of a lower scoring game. I'm thinking Penn State comes out on top in this one. I have them by a score of 27 to 20. We're looking at an over-under in this game of 53 that I see in front of me. Uh, So I'm projecting a little bit lower than that. Uh, But to me, this is one of the harder games to project score-wise in the early parts of the season just because of the unknowns we have with both of these teams. Where are you looking at for this game? Hey, but my projection right now, I'm leading Penn State 28 to uh, to 17. Okay, so kind of similar, and we're following you know you and me both somewhere in the mid to upper 40s kind of for a total. Yeah, I, I think that's what, 45 points. So, yeah, I think that right there, uh, I believe it's going to be a low-scoring game, 28-17. That gives them 45 points. So, yeah. I like it. Our listeners will love it. Elton, it's been a blast. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, as, Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. As we go throughout the season, if you're open to it, I'd love to have you on again sometime as Penn State keeps on trucking along as long as they have a pretty good season. And hey, especially if uh, this result this weekend turns out the way we think it might. Yeah, you just let me know. I'll be here for you. Absolutely. Elton Hayes is his name. He covers the Penn State Nittany Lions for CNHI, and you can follow him on Twitter at EHDC12. Elton, thank you so much for the time, sir. No problem. It is always great to have Elton on the show, and you heard it right there from him, from myself as well. We're right in the same ballpark on this game. The reason we went into so much detail on the final score of this game, giving you both the final score prediction and the total, is because this game is the tiebreaker for this week's set of picks on ESPN.com in the College Pick'em. So again, Elton went with a final score of 28-17. That's a game total of 45 I'm going with the Nittany Lions 27-20 for a game total of 47. Both of us on the under compared to Vegas's 53. So take that for what it's worth. But if you want that to help you along with your tiebreaker portion for this week's Pick'em Slate, make sure you insert that final score down there underneath your picks for the final total between Auburn and Penn State. And the reason it's important to put a total down there in that slot is because each and every week, there's a $25 Visa gift card up for grabs with the College Pick'em. We haven't given away one yet, but as Alan Denton mentioned on our previous episode, we're going to give some away this season because all it takes is going perfect in your picks. That means 10-0, or if a game happens to be canceled, you might get the fortune of being able to go only 9-0 or 8-0. Either way, all the people who end up with a perfect slate in a given week will then be compared and the tiebreaker will break the tie to give away the gift card. So each given week in the Pick'em Contest, you're going to want to enter a total there on the tiebreaker because it's going to differentiate you if you end up with that perfect slate versus all the other people who did as well. And just as a subtle hint, there are usually plenty of people who forget to put that tiebreaker in there. So it definitely plays to your advantage just to get a number in there. 
Thanks to each and every one of you for listening to the show this week as we head into week three's action. And be sure to tune in to the blackout for week four, where Alan Denton and I will join you again for another Pick'em Rewind and another Pick'em Pod. And I'll do my work in the meantime to try and figure out another interview to help out with picks on the show and in the contest. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the blackout. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. <laughs>